0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Six Figure Social Worker Podcast. I'm your girl, L.A., your Six Figure Social Worker. And once again, I am excited about this podcast. This is where we teach you how to make a living while making a difference. And today on our fifth episode, I am solo today and I just want to really focus this conversation around how do you go from zero to six figures, and I want to let you know that it really is a mindset. I have been conversing with social workers who have PhDs in social work. I have been conversing with individuals who have a master's in social work, but is not independently licensed that are six figure social workers. And so I don't want to put us as social workers in a box to say that you need this particular thing this particular degree or licensure in order to become a six-figure social worker. But one of the things I will share is with all those individuals that I have encountered that are now or currently six-figure social workers. One of the things we all have in common is this unresolved um, ability or willingness to move forward and press through and break down barriers, you know, to reach our goal. It's really a mindset. So please don't get caught up in the finances when we're talking about six figures, because before you can be (laughs) six figures, you know, financially, I want you to be six figures mentally, six figures mentally. And again, As social workers, we spend our entire career seeking and searching for ways to help individuals better their lives, all while we neglect to better ours. So I want you to kind of follow along with me in this scenario. Here you are. You went to school for four years, five years even, and you got your bachelor's degree in social work. And you said, I am excited. Like you were excited for school to be out. You was excited to walk across that stage and get that diploma, that degree. And then you landed a job as a case manager. As a case manager, and you realized that it was going to take more than being a case manager in order for you to make a living. You literally may find yourself working in a case management position while working as a cashier. I'm telling you some people are in that situation. Individuals who have literally paid, gone into debt to get this degree are now working at Walmart, working at fast food restaurants. And I don't have any Against those restaurants or you know those positions. But what I'm saying is, if you suffered through the various seasons of life in order to obtain your degree, don't you believe you deserve to master it, dominate in the field? And that's what this is about. Is not to, you know, judge, but it is to stir up. The the gift that's in you to stir up that desire that you once had when you first went into social work. So I'm going to share with you the way I did it. And then um, you've listened to Dr. Celia Williamson, you've listened to Jacob Spellis, and I will be hosting other social workers who are dominating in the field, who are mastering in the field. But today I really want to focus on individuals who desire to become independently licensed. So we know that we have to have our master's degree. So we obtained our master's degree, which for me was just an extra year after um, my graduate, after undergrad. I went an extra year and I obtained my master's. After I obtained my master's, I found or sought out a supervisor who would supervise me for two years in order for me to become independently licensed. So while I was going through my two-year supervision... I was preparing to take the test. I was working two jobs as a bachelor's um, social worker with the LSW. I was working two jobs. I was doing group facilitation, but I knew that I wanted to do more in the field. And I love micro-level social work. I love talking with people and helping people see their... um, circumstances differently and how to overcome various challenges in life. So I love that. And so um, here I am working two jobs, have three children at home and um, single at the time, getting ready to get married. And, And, you know, of course, I have to say that my husband, my husband now definitely encouraged me to go that extra year in order to obtain my master's. So I am, you know, in school going through trying to figure out why, but knowing that it was needed and not really going thinking that I was going to become a six figure social worker or that I would even, you know, obtain more revenue than what I had currently. And I believe I was about 45 or 50,000 at the time. And so, um, I obtained my master's degree. I go and do my two years of supervision. And then, you guys, I take the test. Now, the first time, I failed. I failed the licensure exam by two points. Man, listen. If, <laughs> I mean, serious. Now, I got I to gotta be real with this. Like, if you ever, like, wanted something so bad and... Um, and I'm talking about tests. If you had to take a nursing test, you know, any your LSW test or whatever. I mean, the emotions, the anxiety that I felt, I'm literally sitting there with my heart as if it was going to jump out of my skin in anticipation of the result of my exam. And to see failed come across the screen was, oh my goodness, beyond disappointing and it was beyond disappointing because my current job was waiting on me to pass that test like literally i was the program manager i got promoted to the program manager at a behavioral health agency and um she the director there was believing in me and so for me to have to go back and say i failed the test by two points was like oh my goodness so disappointing right And so I said, okay, I fell by two points. So let me just, you know, um, study some more. I know I know this information. I only fell by two points. So, you know, I was studying and I was doing all this stuff late nights, early rising. And, um, I had to wait 90 days before I could take it again, as well as pay the money to take the test, hundreds of dollars to take the test. And I took it again. Listen. Listen, you guys, I'm telling you, I want you to literally put yourself in my shoes. I'm sitting there again in front of this computer. I mean, I don't know if I wanted to just like leave in the middle of the test. If I wanted to, I don't know what was going on, but something was happening with my body, like with my chest. I was so nervous about the results. And listen, this time I failed by, I believe it was like three or five points um and I was devastated. I'm like, how do I go back to my employer who believed in me to tell them I failed the test for the second time? So, this is one of the things. Um this was like the crossroads. I literally was saying, you know what? I got my LSW. I have my masters. I don't even need to be independently licensed, you know? And I was just like talking myself out of it. But the director wanted me to become the clinical director and I couldn't do it without being independently licensed. And so, you know, I mustered up enough courage and enough determination and (laughs) enough perseverance to um, set up for the test, but this time I did something different. This is what I did. I literally searched out a um, test prep course. It was a one day course and they literally was taught me how to answer the question because there's things on the question that ask, what is the first thing you would do? What is the best thing? You know, um, and I was like, man, and all the answers appeared like it would be first or it would be best if you weren't, you know, really paying attention to the question. And so I went to that course and that day course, and it literally helped me understand number one, how the question was being asked and number two, how to actually answer the question. And so, um, I went the third time and listened. I was running out of time. I mean, for real. I was running out of time, but I passed it. I passed it on the third try. And let me tell you, if you are listening to this podcast and you are one who have failed the exam once, twice, let me tell you something. Get back in there. Shake yourself off. Do what you need to do in order to make it because I promise you, once I obtained my LISW, it catapulted me in this field of social work. And I'm going to tell you, there are resources to help you pass this test. Don't allow this mountain to stop you from elevating in this field of social work. And so I will share with you because as a result of my failed attempts, I created my own bootcamp where it's a six week bootcamp and I work with you throughout the entire process, myself and my team. We work with you throughout the entire process. I can tell you we've had, and I hate when people say this, but we have had a hundred percent success rate. For individuals who have thoroughly followed our steps. We teach you how to study, we teach you how to prepare what you need to do to prepare for um, the day before the actual test. And so um, just stay tuned for that. If you're interested in that, reach out to me and we can give you more detailed information on that. But I want to encourage you, do not stop, like do not quit. You will pass the test. It's not tricky. It's just that we have to learn how the questions are being asked and how to appropriately answer the question. And so there I was, I finally passed the test on my third try and, um, I received a promotion at my job and I became the clinical director. Now this agency, I started off as a group facilitator assistant. Then I went to a counselor Then I moved to the program manager and ultimately the clinical director. And so as I continue to progress and as I continue to gain the experience of supervising individuals, I'm telling you, my career just took off. And so that's why I know what it took for me. I graduated in 2009 with my master's degree. And I passed my, my examination, my LSW, in uh, 2000 and 2012, I believe. And so from 2012 to 2000 and I'll say 18 my life financially has drastically changed. And I believe it's because I continue to persevere in order to obtain my master's degree. I mean, yeah, well, my master's degree, but as well as um persevering through the disappointment of failing my LIS, LISW um, exam and um, ultimately achieving that. And so that's where I want to, you know, really encourage you guys to link up, to connect with other social workers who have already went through what you're currently um, being faced with. There's people who want to help you. Um, There's people who want to see you do well. So do not succumb to the pressure. Do not succumb to the pressure. But listen, as it relates to us as social workers making a living while we're making a difference, we have to purpose in our mind that we will not neglect taking care of ourselves while we're taking care of other people. I've seen so many social workers, so many individuals in the helping field that suffers from depression, anxiety, that suffers from, you know, various mental health illness, and for some reason, I'm, I, I often ask the question, do you as the professional realize that the same information you share with your clients applies to you as well? And so as a clinical director, my clientele changed. So no longer do I work with on a individual level with clients coming in for service, I actually supervise master level social workers. I actually counsel other therapists. And so I kind of consider myself the therapist, therapist, if that makes sense. You know, I'm the one that's here to support, encourage, and to counsel other therapists. And so, um, because again, I believe that I've mastered the art of of evaluating, self-evaluating and self-correcting. And that's one of the keys as a social worker. We want to make sure we do. We don't want to encourage our clients to pursue a better life, encourage our clients to make better decisions. And then we continue to stay in a realm in our own lives where we're not making the best decisions that we could make in our career, in our personal life, in our health and fitness, in our finances. And so again, social workers, please make sure you, first of all, believe in the information that you teach. So every time I have an opportunity to do group therapy One of the things I share with those under the sound of my voice is that I can teach this information with all boldness and confidence because I use it in my life. Like literally, when I talk about the power of perception, it's because I recognize that our perception is real to us, but I also recognize that it's wrong perception that kept me stuck and it's wrong perception that will keep you stuck. And so my book, The Power of Perception, teaches you that. And this is a shameless plug, but if you are interested in ordering a copy of The Power of Perception, Healing from the Inside Out, you can go to my website. It's LashanaAlfred.com shop. LashanaAlfred.com shop. And that book will help you maneuver the seasons of life. And so it shows you how we need to prepare for each season in our lives. How would you think, or what would you think about an individual who was, you know, dressed in summer clothes in the winter? (laughs) Some of you may say, I wouldn't think anything, but you know, I mean, it would look kind of odd, right? It's like, okay, did that person realize that the season has changed? Well, likewise in our mind, likewise in our spirit is that things change. We go through various, you know, emotional seasons, mental seasons, and we have to begin to shift with those seasons, but we won't be able to shift if we don't recognize the season that we're in. Sometimes you guys, there's a season for our jobs and there's a season when we need to leave those jobs. There's a season for us to be out of school and there's a season when we need to go back to school. And so... That's what that book is about, really teaching you the power of perception and how we can heal from the inside out. And I use that book when I'm working with individuals who have experienced trauma. So today, listen, if you have obtained your master's degree, I want you to be encouraged. Seek out supervision if you haven't already. If you are one who have fail the examination and you're afraid to go back and take it. I want you to reach out to me. You can reach out to me. My email address is lashana at lashanaalfred.com or you can reach me on my website at lashanaalfred.com slash contact. And so I look forward to speaking with you. I look forward to hearing you know where you are in your career And what challenges you may be facing. But stay tuned. And if you are a six-figure social worker or you're a social worker who is making a difference in the field, I want you to reach out. I would love for you to be a guest on our podcast. Please don't get caught up with the title Six-Figure Social Worker. When I'm talking about six figures, yes, I'm talking about money, but I'm also talking about a mindset. Because you'll never go further than your mind. And I know if you're a social worker, you've taught your your clients that. And so listen, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I am excited about the things that we're able to share on this podcast. We are trying to break down barriers, break down defeated mindsets, Concerning finances in the helping field, absolutely, you deserve to make a living while making a difference. I am here to shake up and and destroy and knock down every mindset or belief that makes you think. You should not make a living while you're making a difference. You should not have to go home and worry if your lights are on. You should not have to worry if you'll lose your job because the car that you have is unreliable. No, you deserve to be paid your worth. Absolutely, you do. And I will say that again. You I, we deserve to be paid our work. And so I want you to be encouraged, continue to stay connected with this podcast, share it with your friends, your family, other social workers, and let us make a difference in this field of social work. Stay tuned. And I look forward to seeing you soon. This again is your six figure social worker, LA and This is where we teach you how to make a living while making a difference. Stay tuned.